I think play is critically important in everybody's life. And, you know, and, and to me, you know, you have the ability to play at, at anything, you know? And so, you know, if, if a person isn't somebody that really enjoys a structured sport or, or, or playing a sport, you know, they can still play at things, you know? And, and so to me, I think, you know, the message I would like to give to those people that aren't necessarily sports people is, you know, you know, figure out what it is in life that, that brings you joy and brings this, this virtue of play into your life. entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hello, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Dan Mangana, here joined by Jason Goldsmith. I'm looking forward to having this conversation. I think I've been waiting for about six or seven weeks, something like that, to have this conversation. So, okay, I'm getting it. As you guys know, I love to get to meet super duper interesting people on the podcast and to my own horn, my own horn, yes. Get you guys to meet them too. So without further ado, Jason, why don't you take a couple of minutes, let us know who you are in your own words and what it is that you do. Sure. Uh, I'm Jason. I'm a performance coach. I, you know, I think my purpose in co-authoring this book with my great friend, David Novak, is to help people figure out what their single biggest thing is in life and try to bring as much joy to their lives as possible. So, you know, I, I'm very fortunate in that I get to travel around the world and work with amazing athletes and help them, you know, on their journey towards mastery. So I've been doing this for about 12 years now and, uh, you know, work with athletes in all kinds of different sports as well as executives and, and juniors. So I've, I've been very fortunate to spend a tremendous amount of time in this performance space. Amazing. Amazing. Why don't we take a sec and dive into the journey to you becoming a performance coach? I know that for me, coaching wasn't on the cards. I actually ran away from coaching and, and got dragged back to coaching. Is coaching something that you saw yourself going towards or is it something that emerged on your journey? Yeah, I, I would agree. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't set out to be a coach. So, mm. you know, I think most people don't have you know, a, a straight line destination that, that leads them to their purpose in life. So, you know, for me, uh, I'm, I'm dyslexic. So I really struggled in school. Um, I joined the air force right out of high school. In fact, I did it when I was 17 and a half because I was, again, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life. And so I did that for six years. And, and then when I got out of the service, I went, I went to college. And as I, as I went to college, I, I had a part-time job at a boat company and it, it ended up being my very first, like, you know, real career was, was running this boat company in San Diego, which had 17 boats. And I think our largest boat was 750 passenger and two land-based restaurants. And, you know, it was, it was just a lot of responsibility. And I, and I really enjoyed that as a career, but, but what I figured out was in, in doing that, it wasn't, feeding my soul. And I knew there was something else that, that, that I was meant to be doing. So I think, um, you know, while I was running the boat company and, and even while I was in the, in the military, 
I was learning about being a coach. I just didn't know that that's to call it having. coaching. Yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> so there was no intention about it, but you found, oh, hang on a minute. This is what this is what I'm doing. I just think it's awesome how sometimes in life we could be going on, on this journey thinking we're going one place and they could turn around and find out that we're somewhere completely different. <laughs> and yeah. they get there be like, oh, hang on a minute. This is really cool. Yeah, I kind of like this. And and that's and that's awesome. I really, really love that. Um, I was gonna say, um, did your partner join you earlier on in the journey? Was it for this project that you guys came together? I always love learning how, especially couples, I don't know about you, I love learning the couples story. I think it's because mine's a bit weird. Okay. <laughs> I, was like, oh, I want to know everybody else's, whether it's friendship, best friends, whatever. How did you guys get together? So you're talking about my wife or you're talking about David? David. Oh, okay. So for, for, for David and I, uh, we met through golf, through coaching. So David is, you know, has been this amazing CEO, ran the world's largest restaurant company, and really fell in love with the game of golf late in life. And, and through a mutual friend, uh, a, a gentleman named Jimmy Dunn, we were introduced together. And, and at first, it was just a client-coach relationship, which turned into this amazing friendship. David actually ends up coaching me on the business side. I still continue to coach David on the, on the sports performance side. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how the idea of the book was born was we, you know, so, so it, it started out uh, me coaching David in his golf in particular and chipping, and then later developed into this friendship. And then, you know, we realized that David was actually coaching me in business. And then we thought, wow, what a, what a great opportunity to write a book, um, you know, from two different, together. right. Two different perspectives. Mm. And looking at those perspectives, is there, I firmly believe in common threads and that, you know, how you do one thing, not necessarily is how you do everything, but certainly we'll have some clues as to how you do other things. Uh, is that, was there an, ex, an exploration into the depth of the relationship between the two types of coaching that you guys explored in the book? Or did you kind of have a thesis and premise that you just kind of went for? Well, I think, you know, for us, what we we found was that there were these commonalities that, that mm. you know, that when people really figured out what their, you know, their purpose or their single biggest thing was, you know, it was this 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 passionate pursuit to achieve this thing, you know, for 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 David after his career. You know, it's it's his leadership foundation, but he is very passionate about golf. And so when you know, when you when you have that that focus, then you have that, you know, that motivation and that desire, you know, then that's what helps you achieve the things and get through the setbacks and, you know, the so-called failures and all those kind of things along the way. And it's really no different in business, you know, being an entrepreneur or whatever it is, you know, if if you're so singly focused on obtaining that thing that that you know along the way you're able to to weather the storm because that 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 underlying current that continues to motivate you towards your goal i you know i'm lucky enough to to also coach with a, a gentleman named tom house and he has this 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 great saying where he says you know i can find anybody that 
that wants to be, you know, a professional athlete, you know, a major league pitcher or a quarterback. He said, but very few people need it. And, and to me, that's the mm-hmm. difference, right? A, a lot of people want success, but very few people understand what it feels like to need to be successful at something. And so, you know, through this book, what we want to do is we want to empower people to find out, you know, what is this thing that you need to do? What is this thing that's inside you that needs to come out of you for you to be able to, you know, to have, you know, joy in your life every day you wake up, you can't wait to do what you do. Mm. So it feels like the emotional context has got a big role to play in, in this journey that you take people through. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, of course, but um, are, is that the case, number one? And number two, what are some key components for people on the journey to having this embodied full expression that you're talking about? Well, you know, I would say, you know, the, the biggest component is, is, is figuring out who you are, mm. you know, and identifying, becoming self-aware. You know, so so for me, really, you know, understanding what your own personal virtues and values are and then figuring out what are your joy builders and your joy blockers. And then how how can you figure out, Okay, so what is this thing that is in alignment with all of those things that allow me to become this person that that I know I can become. And, you know, and so for me, of course, that has a, a, a huge emotional attachment to it. And, you know, and, and for me, it's, it's, you know, what we were just talking about before, it's the thing that, that gets you up to do the things that, you know, other people perceive as difficult, but, but you can't wait to do it because, you know, it's moving you closer to your, you know, to your mastery, whatever it is, whatever your single biggest thing is. Knowing your, self was yeah it, um i'm pretty sure it's um it was in the matrix when neo goes to go and see the oracle and and the thing that she shows him was know thyself and i think people can underestimate i feel again this is just my opinion just how much of their identity is tied up in what other people are telling them to be versus who they really are and that there's so much power behind being able to just get real with knowing who you are uh, and being able to step into that loads of power, I think. Absolutely, Dan. I mean, to me, you know, it's one of the most powerful things any of us can do is, is understand awareness and understand being self-aware and, and knowing that, you know, be just because of the environment, you know, that, that we're brought up in, we, we have all of these, you know, beliefs that may or may not be true about our self self identity. So, you know, being able to become self-aware is, is one of the most purposeful things that, you know, it's, it's one of the most gratifying things that I do on a daily basis is helping people become more aware and then becoming mm-hmm. more self-aware. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. Really, really awesome. Uh, I want to talk a bit more about the work that you do uh, and how um, and how that feeds into your side of the book. Um, and also, I really want the guys to have some practical tips that they can walk away with from this conversation so that they can say, oh, OK, great. I want to grab the book and 
I've got something I can play with in the meantime. Um, we've spoken about getting to know yourself. We've spoken about the, 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 the cross dimensional nature of these principles, but what are some other ideas that people can, can take? Let's assume someone has got to a point where they've done the deep dive, they've identified their values, they know who they are. What would be a next step for that person? Well, I think, you know, the next step would be is, you know, once you understand what your purpose is, your single biggest thing, you know, then it's developing a roadmap as to how you're going to get from where you are now, you know, to that journey, you know, which is, which is that, that purpose. And, you know, and, and I would say in the past, I would have said, you know, helping an athlete become the best in the world would have been a common purpose of most athletes that I work with. But, you know, over the last 12 years, you know, what I've found is, is that, that mastery really is the, is the true purpose for any athlete, because, Mm -hmm. you know, once an athlete obtains that, that goal, then, you know, it, it, it feels hollow because they don't know what to do next. Right. But if, if, if the, the, the goal is to, to continue to master your craft, then even becoming the best in the world is just a roadside, you know, a sign on the way towards mastery. And so, you know, for me, I think that that's, you know, one of the things that I want people to pick up this book understands that this journey never ends, you know, so it's, it's, it's understanding that, you know, we, we create this path and then we, we, we start on this road, but you know, the road goes into the horizon. It's, it's not a road that we finally, you know, get to, a place and then go, okay, that's it. Now I can stop. It's, you know, it's figuring out, okay, this is the direction I'm going to go. And, you know, for the rest of my life, you know, this is the thing that's going to, that's going to motivate me forward. And, and what I found, you know, in a lot of cases, even working with these athletes that, that they end up being becoming coaches themselves because the journey has inspired them to then pass on what they've learned and, and how they can help other people. And, 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 and that's just, it, it is so rewarding to be able to give this self-awareness to somebody else. And, you know, and it, it's just really infectious. Mm, I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, What's your favorite sport? I just, I just, yeah, it's not, it's not normally a question that I normally ask, but what is your favorite sport? So I, you know, I would say that I grew up playing tennis and I, and I swam a lot, but my favorite sport by far is golf. And, and, and the reason why it's golf is because it's so difficult and it's such a challenge of the mind. You have, you have to be so in control of your emotional state. And and the reason for that is time, you know, Mm. so, so in golf, you know, you're creating the action, you know, there's, there's no other action going on. So it's, it's you versus the golf course. Mm -hmm. There are so many things that are out of your control, you know, but, but, you know, many times there's, you know, three to five minutes in between shots, you know? And Mm -hmm. so you think about all these other sports, there's, you know, you're reacting to what other people are doing, but in golf, it's, it's just the golf ball, the golf course and your mindset. And so, you know, for me, you know, that's, that's why I really enjoy coaching golfers is because, you know, it, it, it has every aspect of life 
you know, baked mm. into the game. You have to deal with so many things, uh, you know, just in a round of golf. So, you know, to me, that's, that's the, that's the most exciting sport and it's, it's the one that I enjoy coaching the most. Awesome. Um, for someone who's maybe not realized, cause I know some people might say, Oh, sports are for jocks or whatever. Uh, I was never really a, a natural sports person myself. I never was a natural sports person myself. Um, but there, I was great at martial arts. Martial arts is something I've always been good at. And I had some capacity with handling basketball, but being 5'8", I didn't really have much joy on a basketball court. <laughs> um, uh, for someone that d- doesn't find themselves to be a natural sports person, but is listening to what you're saying and is feeling that maybe there's something they can take from the world of sports. Are there some sports that are perhaps easier for a less sporty person to get into and begin to take advantage of the power of sports in their life? Sure. I mean, I, I think, I think play is critically important in everybody's life. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to me, you know, you have the ability to play at, at anything, you know? And so, you know, if if a person isn't somebody that really enjoys a structured sport or, or, or playing a sport, you know, they can still play at things, you know? And, and so to me, I think, you know, the message I would like to give to those people that aren't necessarily sports people is, you know, you know, figure out what it is in life that, that brings you joy and brings this, this virtue of play into your life. Um, you know, and, and it, and it doesn't have to be a sport, right? I mean, it, it could be, you know, throwing a Frisbee on a break, you know, a beach, or, you know, it could just be, you know, wrestling around with your kids or, you know, what, whatever it is, you know, to me, I, I just think that, that the act of play gets, gets lost on a lot of adults. And, and I, and I feel like our society in general, there isn't enough play, you know, because we end up getting so serious in our lives that, that we just miss out on, you know, what it really felt like, you know, to be a kid and play. I mean, you know, kids play all the time, you know, and they're not necessarily playing a sport, you know. So to me, I just think that if you can bring, you know, joy and play back into your life, you don't necessarily need to pick up, a, you know, a racket or a baseball bat or a glove or something like that. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Jason, any any final words of wisdom? Um, perhaps uh, something from the book, and we, we, we'll 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 go into a couple of details about the book, and we'll make sure we put some information in the show notes for people to grab their copy. But any parting words of wisdom on this before we dive a little bit deeper into the book for a moment? Well, I, I you know I would just say you know for for most people that, you know, we have these overactive minds and, you know, in our minds, you know, I remember reading someplace, you know, somewhere between, I don't know if it was 60,000, 50,000 thoughts a day, you know, we, we, right. It's, it's absolutely incredible. You know, most of them aren't based in reality, you know? And so, you know, for me, you you know, I, I, we, we don't necessarily talk about this in the book, but, you know, for me, you know, if, if people, you know, realize that, that, you know, we've, we've been seduced to think that we always have to be thinking, right. Our mind always has to be problem solving. And and when we get stuck in this problem solving mindset, the problem is, is, is we lose touch with actual reality. 
you know, so one of the things, you know, I really like, you know, the potential readers of this book to take away from the book is, you know, it's okay to be in this neutral state, to be present, you know, and, and, and there, you know, so much joy in just being connected to your environment and, and your brain, your mind doesn't always have to be on like, you know, I, I think for some reason, our society has, has kind of fallen into that trap. Like you always have to be thinking about the next thing, or you always have to be fixing what's broken, you know? And, and to me, I just feel like, you know, I'd, I'd want people to kind of go through this exercise of, of when you're having a, a, a thought, you know, ask yourself, is this happening now? You know, and that's the first question. So is it happening now? Yes or no. And then maybe the next, the next question is, is this in my control? You know, and then the last question is, is, is this useful? And if, you know, if you go through those, those, you know, so you have this, this, you know, thought that's ruminating in your mind and maybe it's causing a little anxiety and you just go through that three question exercise, what happens over time is you, you, you get out of this stuck mindset of constantly problem solving and you start to get more into the playful creative now, which I think is just a much more enjoyable place to live. hundred percent, hundred percent. And at the end of the day, I always love to say that if you're not enjoying the life that you're living, then what's the point? Right. <laughs> not, not in a dark way. Like, I'm not enjoying my life. It's over though. No, just like right. bring some more of that enjoyment into your life, whether that's through a, a hobby, through the way that you express yourself, through some creative creativity, through connection or through direct play. I think it's imperative that there's more play. Otherwise, yeah, it's just such an important part of, of living a yeah. full and complete life, I think. Really, really yeah. Nice. I mean, and, you know, and we all have that power, right? I want people mm. to feel empowered to, to realize no matter how stuck you feel, mm. you know, you have the tools to unstick yourself. You know, you have the tools to self-coach yourself out of it. Um, mm. You know, and, and to me, I think that's, you know, why I'm, you know, I'm so p- passionate about this project because I just want as many people is, is possible to, to understand that, that you become self-aware and you understand, you know, what your motivators are, what, what your joy builders are, uh, and you start to work towards those things, you, you know, you're going to change your life. Mm. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so when is the book coming out? Um, where are the best places that people can buy you and David's book? Yeah. So, you know, the book is Take Charge of You. Uh, you can buy it on on Amazon. You know, we do we do have a, a website, takechargeofyou.com. Uh, we'll make sure it comes out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. And uh, and it comes out in March, March 22nd, I think, is the Beautiful. actual release date. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, we'll make sure that we get this uh, this episode out in time for people to to get a cheeky pre-order in at takechargeofyou.com, everybody. Um, you've heard Jason's powerful wisdom. He's doing some awesome stuff in the world. There's going to be a lot of nuggets. I'm getting my copy. I want to hear you guys got yours. Uh, why not connect with Jason and Dave as well uh, through the website, uh, maybe hook up with them on social media. Uh, are you a Twitter? Are you a tweeter, Jason? You know, David is, is really big into that. And, and- <laughs> and, and, and I would say that, you know, I, I try to, you know, cause I, I coach so many youth athletes. And, and one of the things I always say about time management is, you know, when I hear a youth athlete say, Oh, well, you know, I really don't have time to do that. And I say, Oh, well, 
let me see your phone. Right. And they, they show me their phone and, you know, and then I see, you know, they're spending five hours a day on social media. So, you know, to Mm -hmm. me, I I try to walk the walk. So I'm, you know, I, I understand, you know, how powerful it is and I understand the good that it does, but I also, you know, try to, to, you know, stay in my, in my, you know, reality and, and, and help as many people as I can, you know, in the sphere that I'm in and, and, and not, not try to overextend myself, but, you know, I think it's a great platform. You just have to make sure we're using it in a very positive way. Agreed. 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 Well, thank you so much, uh, guys. Make sure again, uh, takechargeofyou.com. Uh, go ahead, uh, grab the book. It's uh, releasing on March 22nd. Um, thank you so much, Jason, for coming to hang out today. I know you're really busy and running an event. Uh, and it's also just had this opportunity to connect with you, to learn from you and to share you with the audience. Dan, it was really a pleasure. And, and thanks so much for having me on your show. No, my, my pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. So there you go, guys. Remember, keep dreaming with your eyes open. Take charge of you. and You can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven, playful, enjoyable life. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.